Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. All of us at Epcot Center are glad to have you as our guests today. Nothing in the universe exists alone. Every drop of water, every human being, all creatures in the web of life and all ideas in the web of knowledge are part of an immense, evolving, dynamic whole. Little orange bird, little orange bird, in the sunshine tree, in the sunshine tree. Hey, it looks like the storm is finally letting up. Well, maybe the Sunday drivers will come out a hunting for gas. Hey! Hey! Can you see why? That concludes the mic check. W. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 626. And once again, together, we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, and more as I take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between here on the podcast, my weekly live video on Facebook every Wednesday night, community, books, audio tours, blog, and more. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts and find everything else at www.radio.com. We'll make our way around the World Showcase Promenade in Epcot this week as part of my continuing series about the music of Walt Disney World. Together, we'll virtually tour the music of World Showcase, including visiting each of the pavilions as well as parades, background loops, and nighttime fireworks spectaculars. We'll discuss the history of the music in the park, as well as changes over the years, what's there now, and what may be coming in the future. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for more information, updates, details about our WW Radio Marvel Day at Sea cruise, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. If I say the music of Epcot, what's the first song that comes to mind? Probably something from Future World, and as we covered extensively back on show 609 and 610, Future World has background scores and attraction and show themes that not only, I think, resonate with us, but are enjoyed by us beyond just our time in the parks. They are on our playlists and in our ears when we drive, run, exercise. I'm obviously like reaching and assuming those last two, or whether we're just relaxing at home. But why? Which is my favorite word. And I think it's probably because so many of these songs were created by Disney for Disney. They are original themes built around a theme using the time-tested recipe of what makes Disney music so memorable. But for the other half of Epcot, World Showcase... Much of the music is not only traditional, but helps to set the stage 
and represents the culture of the participating nation. And these aren't songs, I think, that we would normally associate with a theme park experience either. That is, like, if we're talking about Walt Disney World. Um, But some of my favorite songs, not Disney songs, are found in many of these background loops of not just Future World, but some of these World Showcase pavilions. And they always seem to bring a smile to my face as I hear them whenever or wherever I am. And I said on the intro to the Epcot show that that the music is very much a melting pot of so many cultures, ideas, ideals, technology, and different flavors. And it's a place that you can hear music that is as diverse as the pavilions and cultures. And speaking of diverse, I want to continue our musical journey from Future World to World Showcase once again with friends who helped kick off this musical odyssey. So I'd like to welcome back to the show Lisa Denoto glasner from The Castle Run and CoreMemoryCandles.com. Excited to be back. Uh, Jason Knapp from Here with the Magic and the After Hours show on the Facebooks. Hello, hello. It's good to be back with you guys. And the one and only Zach Brown from the one and only The Zach Brown Show. Hey, everybody. Excited to be here. So I am excited for this, and I'm curious, too. One, because I want to see if hopefully we can beat or not break our record for how long our future world discussion was. But I think, and I'm curious because we don't talk about this ahead of time, how this may differ. Because I think, again, so many of those future world songs and themes are ones that we can mention by name. Papillon came up again. I think, Zach, you know, if it was a drinking game and and Papillon was your word, you were in some serious trouble. But so much of World Showcase is different because, one, we can't pronounce many of the names of the songs. They don't necessarily roll off the tongue, and they're not ones that we might necessarily know by name, but we know in terms of how they make us feel. Um, and they are there are some pavilions that have themes. There are some that just have background music that we enjoy. Um, so just very quickly, when and, and go around in, in the same order, when you think of World Showcase and when you think of World Showcase music, what is the first song, idea, pavilion, thought that comes into your mind? So for me, I, I remember when we sat down to do, or when I was sitting down to prep for the Future World show, I joked that I've never felt so prepared and so unprepared at the same time for a topic because it was like, it was a topic that's just sort of ingrained in my soul, but at the same time, I didn't know quite how I was going to articulate it. And um, this show said a hold my pog juice because like the rest of Disney, right, is supposed to sort of insulate you from the rest of the world. And I think the unique thing about World Showcase is that it has the opposite job. It's supposed to transport you into the rest of the world. And so while, you know, so much of the music throughout Disney World otherwise is supposed to sort of encapsulate you and bring you into this place, you know, the Imagineers kind of didn't do their job right, right? If they did, if that's the result of in World Showcase, because the point of World Showcase is to make you feel like you're not in Central Florida. It's supposed to make you feel like you're traveling around the world as you're walking around World Showcase. Um, So, you know, I don't know if I have a quick or good answer to like what song first comes to mind. Um, 
you know, I mean, I could say something easy like golden dream, of course, which is, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that more. Um, but no, I mean, I think it's, it's like that background stuff, like love on Rose and like the stuff that green sleeves and like the, 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 the music that I just associate because I'm here so much with walking around world showcase, but at the same time, you know, like you said in the intro, it's not necessarily music that you're supposed to associate with a theme park. Don't you have a green sleeve? There's just a green sleeve story too, which we'll have to get to. Cause I remember crossing the bridge at international gateway with you. And I said, isn't this green sleeves? And you like, yeah. And then you told me a story from your childhood. Is that, am I, am I right? I mean, who doesn't have a green sleeve story? I feel like, yeah, there's a green sleeve story. I don't want to, I don't want to jump ahead of ourselves, but. It's not really from my childhood. I whistle green sleeves all the time and it makes my mother crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I was just hoping it was from your childhood. Okay. I think that the first, I mean, to answer the question, what's the first song pavilion that jumps to mind? It's got to be Mexico and it's got to be the three caballeros, right? Like that's got to be, no, actually it's not that. I think that the, the, for me, if World Showcase had an anthem, and no, it can't be Illuminations, but if it had an anthem, it would be basically the soundtrack to Impressions of France, of course, which I am super excited about. France is so far away. Like it's I know, so but it's so tasty <laughs> and, and wonderful. We'll get there. Uh, for me, it's it's kind of an unfair answer. I think about the international gateway it's kind of this great little collaboration of everything that you're going to experience it's kind of the coming attractions you know like lisa said you've got lovey and rose and you've got a little bit of the music piping in from like the china pavilion and everything just kind of blends and it just sets the overall tone and kind of prepares you for the palette that is in front of you whether it be musical or food it just kind of preps you and gets you in the mindset that is world showcase yeah, and for me, you know, there's if I was to close my eyes and just say World Showcase, there's a couple of songs that jump right to the top. But one of them, and this is actually a great way for us to begin, I think, is there is a World Showcase background loop. And being Disney enthusiasts that you are, I'm pretty sure it exists on your iPhone, your iPod, your Spotify playlist, because this is one of the, the ones that I think people do have and play when they're home or even in their cars or when they're working or walking or just, you know, relaxing. And while you might not necessarily know the names of the songs, if you were to listen through it and, you know, sort of be following along this, this itemized list of the music, you're like, yes, Inca dance by Cusco. Like that's my favorite song. Although you wouldn't walk into Sam Goody's, not that there's a Sam Goody's, but go with me here. You wouldn't walk into Sam Goody's and say, I need Inca dance on 45. Do you guys have that? But I love the World Showcase loop that you can hear on both entrances to, or you could, we'll talk about some of the changes that that came about relatively recently, but those are some of the songs that I hear that, like the Future World entrance medley, helps to get me in the mood to prepare me, or ones that I do like playing in the, the background at home. And it's this wonderfully long loop I think it's like a 55 or 52 minute loop that you can possibly find uh, online, but it is this 
you might not necessarily identify every single country by every single song, but it's this wonderful flow from track to track that really is like a mini buffet of World Showcase music. And I just made that up. The mini buffet part? The mini buffet part. Because now everything... I'm thinking about food. Thanks for, thanks for that. That's good. <laughs> I mean, that's no, why I didn't. go to World Showcase no, see, in the first place. See, the, the, for me, this is what I struggled with when preparing for this. And, you know, for what it's worth, the preparation I did. Um, the the World Showcase loop that you would hear, for me, it, it was omnipresent when you were behind, um, or sort of dead center, looking out onto World Showcase Lagoon kind of straight ahead because so exiting future world into world showcase and then looking straight out across to uh american adventure the mute like that was the spot that was the spot to take in the view and to listen to the loop and then make your decision about which way you're going to go which of course is always to the left anyway um but you would hear a little sampling from like each each pavilion right each each a little sampling, but I feel like it was a different loop, but maybe it hasn't always been this way. Maybe it's more recent. I feel like there's a different loop that plays at international gateway, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just recent. So there is there. I know that there is an international gateway loop and I thought, and I thought that they were interchangeable by the, the gateway, but maybe you're right. Maybe this one only plays here and the other one only plays there uh, because I love that loop as well too um yeah and i feel like it's different but but it's um it's it's like you don't get quite the sampling you get it's just like a it's a stranger mix actually uh at the international gateway entrance um but that's where you'll hear the green sleeves and that's where you'll hear then they'll jump then they'll hear some like fife and drum action which is like what is this what's this and then and then you also get that weird effect that you know if you stand right in the right spot it's like you get the music from the uk the music from France and the international gateway music. So it's like a celebration of all places. It's, it's, it's a cacophony. A, it's a cacophony. It's a, in your, what's <laughs> another way to put it? It's a celebration of all nations, but mostly the international, but gateway. mostly the English <laughs> channel. Right. And that's, that's one of the things that Disney just, versus. that's one of the things that Disney just does so well, right. Is like transitions seamlessly from one music to another. It's the same thing. I mean, leaving Epcot but you know when you walk from like the Grand Floridian to Polly you wouldn't notice that that music is changing but it is changing with the theme um, and the fact that you can like walk from you know China to Japan to the United States to Norway to Mexico and not really consciously realize that the, the music is changing to each country um, yeah it's, it, to me it's just one of the things that Disney does so brilliantly and I think for a lot of people this is an introduction and I think it, it, it leads to an appreciation of music that we probably wouldn't be looking for or listening to otherwise. Like there are, you know, for me, I love, you know, Japanese instrument, you know, wind and string instrument music that I, I do have on sp- some Spotify playlists, but they were, I initially started looking for some of those based on the tracks that I was hearing in Japan, and actually, there are even some that I have that are based on some of the artists that perform them. So, for example, there's a group called Cusco, Cusco, that does a couple of songs, including Inca Dance, that I love, and those are ones that I'll look for on Spotify. And there's this uh, commonality to them that I enjoy. And we'll talk too about you know much of the music that we'll talk about has been present in these pavilions and uh, on the promenade. 
Since Epcot opened in 1982, there has not been a ton of change, save for a few examples here and there. But we'll also get to some of the relatively recent changes and the discussions about them where there's an introduction of some Disney music in some pavilions, notably France, China, and Mexico. Um, And if you want to ignite a firestorm on the Twitter, introduce new music into Epcot Center and just watch the fireworks fly. Uh, It is not necessarily harmonious when it comes in there, (laughs) but, um, you know, as we talked about, even with places like Future World, I think it's one of those things that guests not just look, not that they're specifically asking for it, but they appreciate when they hear it. Like when you hear that music from Ratatouille or Beauty and the Beast or Coco or Mulan in your background, that's what sort of perks up your ears and go, oh, I recognize that, as opposed Mm -hmm. to many of these other songs, which save for maybe some in, in American Adventure or UK, you might not have ever heard before you went into Epcot for the first time. I think that's a great point, and I and the the first time I heard, it was reported that that for you know for better or for worse, IP, put that in quotes, IP was introduced in terms of the music into uh, World Showcase Pavilion. I almost lost my mind just hearing about it. It's like you got to be kidding me. But the but I think when you're in the space and you realize what that they've done it in a in a way that is. Uh, I think fitting for that particular pavilion um, and it, and it blends in with the rest of the soundtrack that they're playing. It's not like it's, it, it's not an awkward cut to some music taken directly from uh, a movie. Um, it's, it's kind of blended in to sound like you know, the rest of the, the ambient soundtrack. I think it's, I actually thought it was really well done when they, when they, I think it was early 2020 mm-hmm. when they introduced it. Um, Coco yeah. and and I didn't hear I didn't hear any of the Frozen music. I, I think it was reported that Frozen also sort of made it. Uh, I don't know I try to avoid Frozen, but we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Um, but but the Beauty and the Beast that freaked me out at first because I was you know I was like oh goodness what are you what are you doing? But it was actually lovely. It was really nice. It sounds nice. Um, and the music from those movies are great. Yeah, they're so. very subtle instrumentals. I mean, if you have a problem with. Um, you know, Enchanted Rose having a Beauty and the Beast theme. You probably also have a problem with the Aristocats music subtly being played in France. But, you know, I think the vast majority of people won't know, know that it's the appreciate the subtlety That's with the- which both <laughs> have been done. Right, because the, the just- arrangements are not, you know, they're not sort of in-your-face Disney, right? They're, they're arranged yeah. in a way that they are so beautiful and tasteful that they do very much blend in, I think, seamlessly with a lot of the mm-hmm. other music that's being performed. Well, it's similar, like when you're over at the Riviera, I know not to deviate from Epcot, where you work in those French-inspired Disney film soundtracks through that property. It mixes very well. You don't even notice it half the time. Then you kind of find yourself humming along going, wait a second, that's Ratatouille. Or wait a second, that's Aristocats. And it just kind of puts this little smile on your face and you think, well done. Like you you had that essence of your property, your essence of your, your own family, as it were, but working it in very naturally. Um, it's not intrusive, if that makes any sense. If, yeah. if Disney can work in the Ratatouille soundtrack to the wave and make it sound like it fits, you know, they can do it well in France, right? It's, oh yeah. I mean, and come I think for, that come, speaks the to wave. the music. You come too. for the bow, you stay for the music. That's 
and more pal. <laughs> you know, and as we were talking about this, I, I you know, because I, I like to think back uh, as many, especially Epcot enthusiasts are, who are very passionate about, you know, original Epcot. And they sort of plant that 1982 flag very, very deep, very, very firmly in the ground. I would almost be curious what some of the people whose names we will probably mention uh, more than once, I wonder what they would think about that. Like, I would love to ask the people who created the original music for Epcot what they would think about the introduction of some of these newer songs and the way that they are introduced into the the background music. And that actually, you know, leads me to go forward. We have to go back a little bit because I was thinking one of, and it's one of the songs that you guys are all too young to remember, but when Epcot first opened in 1982, there was the, the grand opening ceremony, which you may or may not have seen online. And there was this, huge parade and this this fanfare as as deservedly so when when the park opened and there was a parade that was accompanied by a sherman brothers song called there's no place like world showplace like world showcase and it was played over the years a number of times including during skylidoscope which we'll get to when we talk about daytime and nighttime um, spectaculars and that is one that i have never heard played again in the park for better or for worse but it's one of those that when it you hear it like it's a typical sherman brothers earworm song and it very much is locked into you know the early 1980s and if i ever was to sing on the show this would be one of the ones that i could easily belt out but when i say there's no place like world showcase do you know the song i'm referring to like just by thinking about it does it go like there's no place like world showplace like does it go like that <laughs> i mean it's got a there's no business like show business <laughs> feel to it i almost Almost, um, I'll have this is off to make a mental note to sort of drop this song in the back so you can hear it. But uh, I love the fact that it's a Sherman Brothers song, um, and, and again, we're gonna we're gonna mention the Sherman Brothers, you know, more than once as we uh, as we walk through. But going forward in time, as long as we're talking about those, these overarching themes and theme songs for Epcot, specifically World Showcase, I think we might have even mentioned this during the, the future World Show, but I think it, it very much ties into specifically World Showcase, which is as part of Disney's Millennium Celebration, which, as we know, never lasts a year. It lasts like a year and a half. From October 1999 till January 2001, as well as in Super the Super Bowl in 2000, do you remember the Celebrate the Future hand in hand? Yes. Now we're getting now we're getting nods, uh, which also played as part of Tapestry of Nations. This for years ranked very highly, like probably my one of my favorite two or three Epcot songs, and probably one of my top five Walt Disney World songs as well. I I may play that song every almost every time I drive to Epcot. Really? Yeah. It's on my I have an Epcot playlist and I and I and when I'm going to Epcot, 
I'm a bit of a nerd this way. So when I'm going to a certain park, I'll play certain music and I have this Epcot playlist and I kind of gear up for it. And it's, it's almost always on. I love it. So, and, you, and, I, you know, and I don't think I ever, this is the sad part. I don't think I ever got to hear it f- like for real in the park myself. Cause I, I missed that window, that sort of small window when it was playing. I was an early, you know, I was an early Epcot kid and, and we went every year. And I do also remember it as part of Tapestry of Nations, but it did. It sort of had this put your hand on the future, Sarah, dream together around the world with a voice from every country, a face from every land. We'll celebrate the future hand in hand. Back me up on vocals, Zach Brown. On the That's a hard pass. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a great. It's a great. Jason was doing great. I think well, we just let Jason take the that's solo. The thing. It has, it's like it has the, that '70s happy vibe all over it. That I, I miss that so much. And I think, an Epcot more than any other any other park retains even in their new music retains that stuff. Some of that. Um, get to Canada. I'm looking at you, Canada. Well, we talked about this even for Future World. It 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 has that many of these songs, these theme songs that we'll talk about, have that Sherman Brothers recipe of of being simple and singable. Um, And and that's why they get caught in our memories and, and elicit so many memories when we hear them again. Or like Jason, you play them every single time you drive to Epcot. So, I may have a problem. I may have a problem. That's okay. It's a good problem. Yeah, I think it's listen, a good if that's problem. Your, it, it, Jason, I wish that was the worst problem that you have. All right. Let's go ahead and start our virtual tour around the lagoon. We're going to start where we're supposed to, Mexico, and work our way around the lagoons. And it's going to be interesting to see as we stop uh, along the way because some pavilions have – theme songs, much like many of the Future World pavilions have theme songs, while others just have music that is appropriate to the country and and appropriate culturally, but not necessarily a prevailing or a recognizable theme. So when I say Mexico for you, what is the song that comes to mind? Is it, do you go right to the Three Caballeros theme song? And that's the one that, that plays, and Zach is shaking his head feverishly, Fortunately, no, it's not. Well, I didn't know if we were going in the same order as we were before, but if it's my turn to step up. Well, only because you were you were shaking your head, and, and I was just curious why you were so excited. Sorry. No, it's It's definitely the, the my go-to is Bienvenido Amigos, which was the theme song from El Rio del Tiempo, the original attraction uh, in the pyramid. And um, it's got that very like trumpet-based song. I feel like we've all heard it and know it. Um, it's just a fun song written by Exitencio, so it's got that very classic Disney feel. I mean, the same guy did Grim Grinning Ghost and Pirates, knocked it out of the park with this, and it's just a great tune. And it's something that you'll hear every great once in a while when you're walking through the pavilion. And it just causes a smile to be plastered on my face because it is that original Epcot. It's the heart of Disney. It is 
classic Imagineering. It's wonderful. It's the song that every time I hear it tempts me to go and grab my dusty trumpet out of the garage and wish that I could play that uh, that one little section because that's I'm with you, man. That is for me. That is my Mexico tune. And there's lyrics. I, I think a lot of people don't realize that there's actually there's English lyrics to that song again, which I will not necessarily sing. Welcome, mis amigos, to friendly Mexico, to the land of fiestas, where everywhere you go, listen to marimbas and mariachis too, playing about the rhythm, sincerity, you can join the crowd, the music's good and loud, the air is full of sun, so come and sing along, because in Mexico, when people's mad at you, there's just one thing to do. But um, Jason and Lisa, thoughts on on El Rio? I agree a thousand percent. Like in my mind, that's still the song that plays <laughs> when I'm when I'm on um, Grand Fiesta, like Rio del Tiempo's. It, it it still feels current to me. Like when I listen to it, it it still feels like this. It's the song that I hear in my head when I'm on that attraction. Um, I will say though, I mean that that would be the same. I have the same answer as Zach. That's my theme song for Mexico. I will say though that um, the music from Coco, um, "Remember Me" and some others. I mean, I know it's very it's very recent. It's an, I, I I I can't say enough good things about the movie itself. I think it's one of the most beautiful things that Disney has put out, um, and I just welcome "Remember Me" and everything else just wholeheartedly. Um, and when Mariachi Cobre performs. Um, the Coco tunes, um, you know, outside. Like I, I can't get enough of it. It's I, I love that it's been added in. Um, and if there was ever a time when when I welcomed IP with open arms into World Showcase, that was it. So Rio del Tiempo is definitely my theme song still. But I will say that you know, as new as it is, Coco has a firm place in my heart in the Mexican Pavilion. I think. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, mariachi. Uh, band because that that's what comes to mind for me um i think maybe it's because they're outside so you hear that first but i um i if you ever want a fun experience you should you should ride you should ride grand fiesta uh with lisa she gets she's she she's such a joy on that attraction she has no opinions do you not love the three caballeros song or do you not love she will I'm, just point I, out I mean, to you all the things that are wrong worms, with that attraction and, and the music. I like the Three Caballeros. I like the song. I, 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 I don't. I would like to see that attraction move on and and, and fully endorse uh, Coco at this point, frankly, um, or go back to its roots. But uh, I don't mind. I don't actually mind the music of that attraction so much. Uh, and I like the Three Caballeros in general. And I and. I, I just prefer it to be played by the mariachi group outside. Um, but I, I mean, the whole, I, I don't think when you walk into the market inside the pyramid, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like there's any particular song that, that jumps out at me. It's, um, it's such a kinetic mess, you know, that, that, that like that, the feel and the, the, the sounds of the, of the market. Um, I feel like they do a nice job inside uh, in that pyramid and inside the uh, up to the attraction, um, and when you're eating dinner at San Angel Inn, um, which people don't do enough of, when you're eating dinner there, that's a, it's a lovely um, soundtrack that's playing. Well, it's very it's well. very happy upbeat music, which yeah, I like. It, 
and it doesn't it doesn't like but it doesn't feel like um it feels authentic it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like disney-esque or anything like that until you get into the attraction i think then you have a different experience but i i enjoy um i really enjoy the mariachi mariachi cobra right uh, i i enjoyed that group a lot and i can't wait to see them again and i do like that having the not just the Coco music playing in the background, but the Mariachi Cobre presenting the story of Coco. Uh, and if you've ever, ever seen With the, the, the Miguel puppet, um, it, it's wonderful. And I love the fact that it, it takes place on the promenade. You don't necessarily have to go into the pyramid. The last thing I'll say about Three Caballeros, which I never realized, was that the song was not written for the movie. I never really? realized it was not. It was actually a Mexican song composed by by Manuel Esperon, by with lyrics by Ernesto Cortazar. And uh, after seeing uh, Manuel's success in Mexican movies, Walt Disney actually called him personally and asked him to participate in the creation of the Three Caballeros movie. And then Ray Gilbert actually wrote the English translation of the lyrics. But I thought it was a song that was created specifically for the Three Caballeros. And actually, if you look for it on places like Spotify, I'm gonna, I'm not going to tell you. Search for Three Caballeros and look at how many different versions, English versions there are, by popular American singers over the years, especially in the 50s and 60s and even er- even early 70s. What's the, your favorite? My favorite is the one from the movie. But I Isn't was there like a Bing Crosby version or something weird like yes. that? <gasps> okay. <laughs> Bing Crosby, like White Christmas Bing? Really? Yeah. Three caballeros, three gay caballeros. They say we are birds of a feather. We're happy amigos, no matter where he goes. The one, two, and three goes, we're always together. We're three happy chappies with snappy serapies. You'll find us beneath our sombrero. We're brave and we'll say so. We're bright as a peso. Who says so? We say so. The three caballeros. I'll even make it easier for you. I'm dreaming of three caballeros. If you go to, if you go to the Instagrams and you create a story, search for three caballeros music there, and watch what comes up. I don't mean the kids' bop version, the karaoke version of it. I mean look at some of the other versions that come up. But Spotify will give you some fascinating, fascinating results. But uh, I, I'm in agreement. El, El Rio del Tiempo uh, I, I, is the one that I love. I love the fact that the Exitencio handprint is on there, although you don't feel Exitencio necessarily in there. And that trumpet section is, at, like the kids like to say, that is what lives in my mind rent-free in terms of a specific section of a song that I can easily identify and point to and scrub through and look for. So moving on from Mexico, we are going to make our way over to (laughs) Norway. And let's first talk pre-frozen. Let's sort of talk pre-frozen Norway because I I don't think any of us are sitting there. I don't think when Jason is driving to Epcot Center, he's like, put on the Maelstrom theme because there was no Maelstrom. (laughs) Those who seek the spirit of Norway... Face peril and adventure. 
But more. Um, there we know back back over the falls and. I have, and I had, as I was thinking about this, I had a very tough time trying to say, oh, I recognize this music from Norway. Or I even could say that I recognize some of the orchestral instruments that would make up Norwegian music. And it's not for lack of spending time in the pavilion or spending time on Maelstrom, but... and you guys tell me your thoughts. I, there was nothing that really jumped out for me um, about Norway kind of, in particular. I have strong opinions about Norway. Um, Shocker. And, and and they're not. So 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 part of my family is Danish, and I've spent mm, time Danish. listening to Danish music and eating lots of Danishes, of course. And then, but and, and and there's a little town in California called Solvang, which is the Danish capital of the U.S. Right. That music's lovely. The folk music, the modern music, it's, it's lovely. I don't, I, I kind of, I find, a, I have a hard time believing that the music that we hear in Norway is representative of their best work. Like, I think that for me, the, the music of Norway, um, it's like, I know it, it's, it's mostly folk, folk music y, right? And, but I find it jarring. And, and almost a little, like, just too much. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of Frozen. So, honestly, I, I tend to just kind of try to not really pay attention to the music that's playing. Because I, I just don't, I actually don't enjoy it. It's the, it's the one pavilion. I kid you not, it's the one pavilion. And this is nothing, I'm not, this is, has nothing to do with how I feel about Norway in general. I think it's lovely. I just, and it's tasty, the food that they have. But... The music just doesn't. It's, do it for it's me. unremarkable. It's unremarkable. It's just for the like, most part. and it's actually a little. It actually turns me off a little bit. I don't know what you guys are talking about because Bruin Merge E Form Eder Ola Malaken is one of my favorite songs. Get it, girl. You just said that. <laughs> How many times did you practice that before we <laughs> I went don't on? Think enough. Not enough. I just went in blind. Not enough. Not enough. <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce the O with the line through it. I didn't even bother trying to pronounce any of those. I mean, Lisa and Zach, any, any, you know, uh, different thoughts about the music from Norway? I, I like Frozen. So, you know, I mean, it's nice that, you know, nothing musically was lost when Maelstrom was replaced because there was no music there. So did the post show have music? It did. It did. The the post show and the mu- the movie had music because it was this travel log of going yeah. to Norway, but not a song going, I need to get that one. I need to get the <laughs> Norway CD. Or- you, were, you weren't like shazamming your... Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you get your Layla perfume and your school bread or your Lefsa. Well, you get the Lefsa. You get the Lefsa and you sit down. And you used to be able to get Akavit. But here, so and, and and I think you know, Frozen. We almost don't need to sort of revisit Frozen because Frozen is what it is. Love it, don't love it. I think Frozen was a an obvious game changer for that pavilion in terms of attendance, in terms of of love for it, uh, and the Frozen music sort of just stands on its own. I am not emotionally or or you know, connected to it or disconnected from it. Anyway, I obviously, you know, I think we all enjoy the music. So it doesn't, it doesn't bother me one way or the other, but here's a little, did you know, did you know what we lost or what we almost, what we almost had in the Norway pavilion? 
because the original attraction was going to be called Sea Venture, and it was going to be very different. It was going to be about the mythology of Norway, and you'd be on the same flume-type attraction, and you'd be encountering gnomes and trolls on the way to the Rainbow Bridge of Valhalla. But more importantly, <laughs> more importantly, what you were going to get was a song by the Sherman Brothers. <gasps> the Sherman Brothers were shown all the models. They were brought in and... Um, a lot of uh, concept models of the trolls that were going to be seen and sort of throughout and sort of be that connective tissue throughout the entire attraction. And they did it. They, you know, they left. They were going to go start, you know, to, to work on it. And the Norwegian show sponsors saw the same model and the same concept art the day after. And they said, you know what? We don't want that. We don't want this to be about the mythology of Norway. Oh. We want it to be exactly what it became, which was this travel log about Norway currently because their goal and the reason why they were investing tens of millions of dollars, again, from the corporate side was because they wanted to increase tourism. And the Shermans, they just never bought. I mean, they were just like, listen, never mind. Stop what you're doing because we don't need a theme song oh. anymore. But wait, so I just looked this up. It, I don't, I don't know about the Ahala, whatever you said, but but this this I see this in Norse mythology. There's this uh, there's this this thing called Billfrost or Billroast or kind of has the little O with the little two things that we don't know how to pronounce. So anyway, it's a burning rainbow bridge that reaches between Midgard and Asgard. It's the Bifrost. Have you not seen have Thor? <laughs> I don't know what that's called. Is that what's called the Bifrost? Is that what the bridge? No, but that's, they don't have an actual bridge. Oh, that's that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a kind of a big part of the film. That's what that bridge is called. Yes, and it's okay. funny. I, I anyway, how you so, wait, it, so, wait, meant, so wait, so wait, so wait, so wait, so wait. Because they only mentioned the So we just waited. If we had just waited like, <laughs> we had just waited like three years, we could have had, we could have had a Thor themed attraction right. instead of. <sighs> yep. So what could have been? What could have been with the Rainbow Bridge? And the Sherman Brothers theme song. Now I've got to go back and watch Thor. But we had oil derricks. And so there you go. There you go. The thing that I think that's really great about the Norway Pavilion, and I know it doesn't get much love, but here's my little like secret spot that's not really that much of a secret. But when you've got all the rural music that's going out in the main pavilion, you know, it's all like accordions and fiddles and it's doing its thing. But when you go into the stave church, it takes on this totally different feel. And... I don't know if it's still playing now. I know it was, now they have a lot of the the Thor and the the mythology stuff, but before it was a lot more historical um, of the actual uh, Norwegian culture, and they almost had like this Mormon tabernacle choir feel to it. I don't know how any other way I can place that. It was it was like chants, but very slow, very ambient, um, with like flute type music, very very peaceful. It felt um, more like a church. I mean, it felt really yeah, like exactly. A and the Jan Garberic is the like the artist that they used in that space, and it's very peaceful. It almost kind of sounds like the music that you hear when you're going through um, the Renaissance in Spaceship Earth, but it's just very, um, very primitive. But it's beautiful, and I think there's nothing like it anywhere else in that pavilion. So it's really this cool, stark contrast 
that when you step into that church, it really is a sanctuary from the rest of the hustle and bustle of that space. So I encourage you, go check it out. Yeah, and Jason, if you go there, you don't have to watch Thor The Dark World. You could just go learn everything you need to know right from from the Stave Church. That's perfect. It's it's not only... only entertaining it's educational much like your show Lou. this is great <laughs> i appreciate it i i'm just i mean i feel like i need to go back and watch thor now just the first one love and thunder is coming love and thunder is coming so, so that bifrost thing so but didn't that get destroyed though spoiler alert but yes like the first minute okay so how does he keep coming back to earth then? you you need to <laughs> can you start another podcast please so you can catch me up on <laughs> You also need to watch Ragnarok, obviously, as well. No, I watched Ragnarok. That's hilarious. I actually enjoyed Ragnarok quite a bit. Like when the anyway. whole rainbow bridge was, and it was. Go I back and watch it one more time. We'll we'll pick this up somewhere else. Let's 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 continue moving our way down the pavilion past one of the only gaps in all of the World Showcase promenade in between Norway and China where there was possible plans for a pavilion being sandwiched in between there. But I think China is another one of those places, and please feel free to correct me if you feel otherwise, but you don't walk into China and go, oh, I love Song X. You recognize, if you closed your eyes and walked past China, you would know exactly where you were, obviously, because the zithers and the lutes and... Some of the other uh, string instruments are very recognizable. You might not know what a dizzy or a guzang or a pipa or an uru is, but you know exactly what they sound like as you walk by. And then, as we mentioned earlier on, there has been the recent addition of some music from Mulan added to the attraction as well almost invisibly, meaning there is nothing to me that is disruptive about the arrangements of the Mulan music in terms of the way that it flows in between traditional Chinese songs. I, well, I mean, I don't, there is one song that jumps out to me and I, and I couldn't, I had to look it up to know the name of it. So you're right. I wouldn't be able to say, Oh, there's this here. It's joyful reunion. Of course it's joyful reunion. That's the name of the song though, that I, that I, that is in my head when I think about the China pavilion, because it has this like, it's mysterious and it's playful and it's a little foreboding at times, but then it has this energy to it. Um, and I, and maybe I just know of it because I've, I've like videoed so much because <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, but it is, this, it's, this, it's to me, it is this song that represents uh, the China pavilion. Um, but I, it's just, I feel like their music that they've selected that uh, really stands out when you're around the, uh, the gardens and in the you know the, the lily pads there, especially if it's a day that's like drizzling and you see the raindrops hitting the lily pads, it's like perfect. It's like the perfect music for that for that moment and that setting. Um, and I and I got to tell you, I know that the Milan music has been fit in somewhere, but it's done so well that I don't I don't notice it. I don't notice it when it transitions to or through it. Um, so I need to go back and listen to that soundtrack too. Yeah, agreed again on them weaving the IP in seamlessly. And I also, not surprisingly, had to kind of look up the songs that I was hearing and try to figure out like what was what. Um, and Joyful Reunion 
was on my list and a day of relief was on my list but the song for me that i like found and you know played and was like yeah that's the one is it's apparently called plucking tea leaves oh plucking tea leaves song um and you know i i couldn't if, even if i could sing i couldn't sing it for you <laughs> or hum it for you right now but it's it's definitely like it's the song that puts me there um so yeah, I had Joyful Reunion on my list as well, but Plucking Tea Leaves is apparently... It's got a great beat, it's and fun, you can dance though, right? to it. It's, Joyful Reunion is it's it's a really complex yeah. piece of music, and um, it does there has, it has these moments where it feels a little dark, and but at the same time, it's playful. It's, 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 you have to look it up. It's really good. Maybe I think little, as you get... Sorry. I feel as you step into the Temple of Heaven as the music for Wonders of China just starts playing. That's kind of an easy answer, but I think the soundtrack for that film is very beautiful. Um, with, film? Yeah, you really got to go check this out. There's more than just you the, can, uh, you can the go, tea place out front. You can go into the temple? Yeah, that would you. But when you go in there, uh, I think it's really incredible. It's, it's just very sweeping music. Um, it's very cinematic. I mean, naturally, it's a film. Um, but there's some moments that just have very big crescendos where they use symbols. And um, it's rhythmic, but different than other countries. Um, I think we'll see that kind of repeating theme throughout these countries. A lot of them are very rhythmic. Uh, but this one, it just it has its own rhythm, its own scale that is just very unique to China. And I'm excited to see what we get with the new film that's coming um, down the pike, you know, (laughs) eventually, you know, Um, I think that's what the E stands for in Epcot right now is eventually, (laughs) but it's one of those things where I, I think it's just, it's beautiful music and the overall feel of the China village. It's one of those quintessential um, world showcase sounds to me. When I hear that, when I step into that land, it's yes, here I am. I'm here. I'm in Epcot, you know, and, and everybody has that land. That's that for them. But for me, it is um, the soundtrack to the China pavilion. You know, I need I, to do that. I need to do that attraction again soon. Cause I, I think it's been years since I've right. Since you've honestly, walked into the pavilion, like when's the last time like you've in, walked well, into in, the pavilion, into the pavilion, like last week, but into the, but into the attraction, into the temple, like it's been a long time, way too long. It's embarrassingly long. You know, and if you if you take a little bit of time and there's actually a, a wonderful place to sit, you can get off the promenade. If you walk into the China Pavilion, don't walk um, under the gate, walk off to the right. There's a small pathway that leads to the right hand side of the small little pond. And there are some benches there that you can that allows you to get a beautiful view, usually in the shade based on where the, the sun is. But there's not a lot of people there. You get a beautiful view of the pavilion and the water, and it's a great place just to sit and listen to the music because there's a there's a couple of speakers right by there. But when I went to China on the Adventures by Disney in 2019, I, I got a, and a better appreciation for not necessarily the music by name, but the way that it's created because so many of the instruments have been around for you know, literally thousands of years, um, you know, 2000 plus years. And many of them are very simple. Um, you know, I mentioned before that, that, that Pippa is, is a four stringed instrument. The Uru is a two string instrument. And there's that simple, and you would know it when you hear it, that, that the dizzy is the Chinese, it's a transverse flute. 
and that when you hear it, you know it. And, and so many simple instruments are able to create such complex and um, and, and beautiful music, which is one of the things that, that I felt that I, I gained as an appreciation after coming. So now when I come into the pavilion at Epcot, I'm going because I enjoy the music as well. And for the record, I think it was 2018 when you went to China and 2019 when you went to Japan. Right. That's it. Yeah. Just keep <laughs> time. When you, know, you get to be my age, Jason, save time. your hate mail. Yeah, I save, you. your <laughs> save your letters. Uh, before we get to the Germany pavilion, um, it, have you ever noticed, do you have any thoughts about the music by the African outpost? Because again, there's not necessarily a pavilion per se, other than the outpost, if you want to get a snack or a drink or some of the marketplaces. But if you do listen carefully, there is some music there. And, and as we've talked about in the past, this was really meant to be part of the second phase of World Showcase in terms of this huge equatorial Africa pavilion that was supposed to go there. And it would have been very interesting interesting to see the wide variety of music that would have come in had that pavilion, which was announced, had signage. There were TV specials and Alex Haley and, you know, coming on to talk about it, had that pavilion, which would have arguably and possibly been the, the largest of the World Showcase pavilions in terms of uh, actual how deep and how wide it was, what might have come in terms of the music that we as guests would have been introduced to. I usually just hear people hitting drums. I was going to say, like, well, I'm sorry that we didn't get that. Like, you don't have to listen carefully at all. You're with my family <laughs> through that area because what you're going to hear is two little boys like banging drums. That's the make your own music spot. Make yes. your own background. Definitely music. like an area that I try to move through quickly, but <laughs> not just because of the Indian kiosk. Taste of India. So let's move over to, to Germany, which, again, is rooted primarily in German folk music and uh, ones that I am not going to necessarily, one, try to pronounce, or two, ones that I necessarily recognize. Look, there's there's basically three songs that I know from German. It's the song that Chevy Chase was dancing to in the beer garden in European Vacation, uh, 99 Luft Balloons by Nina, and Ziggy Zaggy, Ziggy Zaggy, Oi, 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 which I will count as a German song because is it that's... Ziggy Zaggy or is it Ziggy Zaggy? It's like a Ziggy... I can't remember. Is it Tiki Taki or Ziggy Zaggy? Tiki, it sounds like a Tiki Taki to me, but I don't, it's probably not Tiki Taki. Tiki Taki is, is the new tiki. social media thing. That's, that's uh, tiki something. Tiki. <laughs> <laughs> Ziggy Zaggy, Ziggy Zaggy, Oi, I think the longer you spend at the beer garden, it doesn't matter what you're saying. But Germany is a place that has this combination of not just the subtle background music that plays throughout the pavilion and on the promenade, but is has live music as one of its attractors. And live music takes place both inside the pavilion and outside the pavilion because inside beer garden you'll have forgive me germany oktoberfest music content did i do somewhat okay music content oktoberfest music content for me like germany it's, it's the music of family and tradition and having a good time like that's that's the germany like, like you like you and there's and and it, 
I feel like there's two versions of Germany too. Like in terms of the music, there's that there's the the Umpa style music and the Oktoberfest and and in and in the courtyard sort of festive. Um, and then there's the music that's over by the water, which I feel it's maybe it's not different. It just feels different. That and you if you're if you're sitting on those nice benches and relaxing and looking out of the World Showcase and now looking at some physical structures on World Showcase Lagoon and and just relaxing there. I feel like that music's different, but maybe I'm wrong. So I go first to the music in Beer Garden, the performers, like whether it's like the guy playing the bells or I always want to call oh, it a didgeridoo, even though I know it's not. It's just like that long horn thing. <laughs> not, definitely not a didgeridoo because that's not German. Um, <laughs> um, and then, of course, there's the outdoor music where the people who are drinking around the world gather to be festive. Which is also fun to watch. But so. it's different. It's the music. But in I the go to Beer Garden. Outside. Like I think of the music like of the performers in Beer Garden first. Right. But isn't that, isn't that, obviously, so there's the performer music inside, but then there's like the, the Oktoberfest style music, sort of that festival music that I feel like that's, that's what you get in the court. Maybe it's just me, maybe it's just residual effect from the Beer Garden. No, I think you're definitely correct. It's a very, um, it's all like trombones, very slidey uh, in its sound. And it's been like the same soundtrack, I think, since the park opened. Um, again, all these names are absolutely impronounceable for, for me. And I just don't want to offend an entire nation of people and my mother's heritage. But it's it's just fun music. You know, you've got, everything's got that slidey. Jason said, it's like the festival music and Lisa did a phenomenal job pronouncing one of those things in Norway, and I just want to give it a shot. Ein Munchenstein, ein Hoffenbrunhaus. It was close, but still probably very wrong. Um, but it's like, it's all trombone, and I'm not even going to try to do a trombone impression, but it's just fantastic. It's fun music, uh, and then it's kind of got the light. I don't know if it's accordions or whatever else is going on in the background. It's just fun German party music. But but there is, and you're right. But there is, there is, there are spots where you can hear Beethoven's Minuet in G Major. There's there's spots that where you can hear uh, Schubert's Serenade playing. Like it's there is definitely music, and 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 also around the train garden, especially like there, there's definitely softer, gentler German music that plays throughout the pavilion. And it's all very happy. It's very upbeat music. You'll hear some some. Um, the yodeling music i mean and there's also and i think i think the current band is still margaret almer and the bavarian band that plays outside on oh, the, the rock promenade band? as well yeah and they've got even during some of the festivals they'll have some different bands uh mm-hmm. in there as well moving down a little bit to italy uh i'm going to apologize to my family and ancestors because not only am i not going to be able to pronounce them but here's another place that again because there's not necessarily there's some songs are going to be recognizable right you'll know the Osolo Mios you'll know a few of the Funiculi Funicula maybe you might hear have heard in in a movie but a lot of this music is not necessarily recognizable by name uh, to me as well because it's just not it's not music that I necessarily grew up with and there is no there are no live performers even like when Sergio and so the live performers were there they were not musical acts they were entertainment acts lots of whistles <laughs> I mean so okay the finicula finicula to me that what like that was well that's what was played when Sergio would come out 
that would start playing as soon as you heard that playing. It's like, oh my God, it's Sergio. You're getting, I was so excited every time. Every time I got excited and I heard that music, I would, I would like practically come running from wherever I was in World Showcase. I could hear that playing. I loved Sergio. I love Sergio. I'm so, he's still with us, but not with us, right? So like, so, anyway, I miss you, Sergio. I loved that music because it meant Sergio was coming and I loved the performance. But here's the thing that's weird to me about the Italy Pavilion's music. It's the same soundtrack and it's a, and it's a relatively short loop. But it's the same soundtrack day or night. But I swear to you, in the evening, it feels like a completely different soundtrack. To, to be in the Italy Pavilion at night and hear the music playing at night, it suddenly feels romantic. It feels embracing. It feels warm. It just feels so different than it does during the day. But it's the same music. And I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it, but that's it just feels different. It's because you're loaded up on all the pizza from Vietnapoli, and you just feel better. The lasagna, man. I get the oh, lasagna. Right. Yeah, so get the okay, white, wait. Get the you got to mention pizza. You got to mention Vietnam. So this here's the other weird. Thing. Maybe it's weird, but the music in Vietnapoli is different than the music uh, in in the St. Mark's Square recreation there. Um, but it, you can, if you really want to hear the music, go down the hall towards the bathroom. Don't be creepy and like stand inside the bathroom to listen to it. Like stand in the hallway outside. It's so good. It's so good, and you can totally Shazam it there and get and Soundhound, whatever you use, and get the music for your for your playlist on uh, Spotify. So if you but see a gentleman standing by the bathroom is recording, that's, that's that, Jason. That, that's, that's right. That'll be. Yeah, do you see this recurring theme on these shows? We talk about music and bathrooms. Just say hi. Well, yes. it's because the music, because you can hear it so clearly there, right? It's. Um, but, it, but I think it is worth pointing out that the music inside of Annapoli is different than the music that's playing out in the uh, rest of the pavilion. It's, and it's really nice. So let's mo- make our way over to the American Adventure, which wonderfully has such uh, a wide spectrum, I think, of music that you'll find here. Not just music that is played throughout the pavilion on the promenade but music and again there, there's a there's a theme song for the American Adventure Golden Dream is sort of the the theme song for American Adventure and I think too we could even mention you know and, and we're going to break this out separately but having the America Gardens Theater right there um, oftentimes as you walk by American Adventure Pavilion you might be getting a, a wide variety of different types of music but Golden Dream, uh, the, the theme song for the attraction itself was written by Bob Moline, who you heard us talk about a lot on the Future World show with lyrics by the uh, show producer Randy Bright. And Rick Rothschild was actually the creative director of it. But they had a um, trying to sort of they, I might know that there was a story that Rick Rothschild tells about trying to sort of match up the music and what was going on in the golden dream sequence of American adventure was very difficult. It was a very, very difficult task that they had and trying to figure out what this sequence was going to be like in terms of how it should match up with the music. Um, And then somebody who was in the room said it should be this very ethereal dreamlike sequence with a soft and a hard edge. And Bryce Mack, who was a, a story man for the shorts unit, was the guy who said, I know what to do, give me this project, and took it. And there's actually two 
different versions of Golden Dream. There was the original, which was the choir and the full orchestra uh, by Don Mueller back in 1980. And then there's a current version that was updated back in 2018 by Harvey Mason, which is performed by Tim Davis and Sophia Pizzullo. So there's there's been a couple of different incarnations since the attraction opened in 1982. But I think this is, in terms of World Showcase, one of, if not arguably, the most recognizable theme of any of the pavilions. Well, I don't. I, I mean, I'm. It's this is my this is the song when we when we, we not to like go to another podcast episode, but when we had the episode about um, Walt and you asked the question, like, what song would you want Walt to hear? This was this was my song. This was the song. Like, I think this is, I think it's one of the best songs ever created um, by Walt Disney for a park. And I think uh, it's, it's, it's patriotic without being, you know, sort of overtly, I don't know, nationalistic in nature. And it's not, it's just, it's beautiful. Um, I, I, I assume you're going to talk about the reference in the name. Golden Dream to the ship, right? I mean, you're going to correct me if I'm wrong, but the ship, the sloop that's out there parked in the water um, was also named Golden Dream and it was a replica built, right? It was, I believe it was a replica built from like a 1776 era sloop um, that was then was later damaged in the hurricane that happened in the early 2000s. Um, Anyway, it's... uh, And it was actually featured, I remember with my kids watching, if you remember the old Disney sing-along videos way back when... There was on the VHS tapes. On the the big VHS tapes. There was a... They they used the Golden Dream and they did a musical pirate fight sequence with Peter Pan and Captain Hook that they filmed on Golden Dream. And if you looked very, very carefully, you're like, wait a minute, that's Spaceship Earth in the background. I can see it. Yeah, back when it wasn't just a facade, which largely, is, I mean, it's just a facade now, really. But, um, but they, I mean, I think it's cool that they tie it all together. Anyway, it, it's, um, I love it. I love that. I, I hope they never change it. I do because I, it's perfect. So, um, yeah, I mean, the there was, I've talked about this on other shows, I think, but like I broke down one time with the reopening, and it was walking into Epcot the day it reopened. And Golden Dream, like the instrumental version that they play at the entrance loop was was playing. And it was like, it was the one moment when I just like lost it in all the right ways. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's like, if you want to feel proud of your country, <laughs> um, you know, go see American Adventure and, and listen to that song. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of other great music though really in is. American Adventure that, you know, can get overshadowed by this masterful you're not gonna say two brothers are you i love that song i'm gonna talk about two brothers two brothers on their way two brothers on their way two brothers on their way one wore blue and one wore gray it's I love my soul brothers. I just, love that oh, song me so up much. Like it's it's up there with Golden Dream for me as far as like impact when I'm listening when I'm watching the the show. It's I I and uh, so did you also so know not written for the attraction? Two brothers on their way. 
It's a song from oh, the really? 50s. It's a song yeah. from the 50s by Irving Gordon. And here's yeah. your trivia question. Where else in a Disney park can you... Don't stop Googling, Zach Brown. Where else in a Disney park can you hear two brothers? I don't know. Zach Brown? You're raising Disneyland. Disneyland. Disney- Gotta where? be somewhere in Disneyland because I don't know the Great answer. moments with Mr. Lincoln. Oh, look at you. Give that kid a gold yeah. star. March 4, 1865. Lincoln's second inaugural. The most famous passage from his address on that occasion. You know, I, I, I think, um, yeah, there's lots of great mu- music in that attraction uh, because it's it's like it's sort of a, it takes on this musical journey through American history as well. Um, although, I, I mean, it, there's so much they, there's so much. Um, to be uh, this, I think we could have an entire episode just about the music of American Adventure. Well, because the the music that you you will find playing throughout the pavilion are ones that are about the American spirit, right? When we talked, you know, we we've talked about sort of the differences between the music in Liberty Square versus the mm-hmm. difference between the music at, at American Adventure. Yeah. The the types of music you, you'll you'll hear. Some similar songs, but the compositions and the instruments that are used to play them are very different. Yeah, it's a much more like subdued, like calming vibe as compared to Liberty Square. Um, And yeah, like the loop, even the loop outside is wonderful, like my old Kentucky home and Home on the Range and Battle Hymn of the Republic. And um, it's great. And I mean, Home on the Range, not meaning the theme song from the Yoda Lady song from the movie of the same name. You see your little little The sweetest way of rustling the activized Cause when I your little The literal yeah. home home on the range with the deer literal. and the antelope play. Um and I mean we 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 might want to mention voices of Liberty. I was getting ready to say we were getting- <laughs> <laughs> Which in and of itself, I mean, depending on the time of year you're that you're in American Adventure and Voices of Liberty is performing. And if they're performing, you have there's something you have to really reevaluate your uh, values if you walk past the American Adventure and and Voices of Liberty is performing. You have to go see them um, during the Christmas season. I mean, like not just the carols that they sing, but also the Hanukkah songs that they sing that they perform. It's a, it's incredible. It's such a gift. And and now this year that because of the uh, physical distancing protocols, when they moved it over to the theater, um, I actually thought that was, I mean, you don't get the, the wonderful acoustics that you get inside, um, inside the American adventure building, but you get, you get so many more people able to enjoy the, the performance um, I do miss the intimacy of seeing them perform. I know, I you know, know, inside, and also like the interaction after the show. Like they're they're so. I mean, obviously, I think they're like known to be the best acapella group. Oh, they're super friendly, the country, but um, 
but they're so, so talented. Like my kids like to talk to them after they perform, like when they're performing inside an American adventure. And like my, my younger son loves the song Uptown Funk. <laughs> and he was talking to one of the gentlemen of Voices of Liberty after the show. And he, and he asked him what his favorite song was. And Tyson said, Uptown Funk. And he started to sing the song. Like it was awesome. Like he was like performing Uptown Funk for Tyson. Um, like just off the cuff and it was just the coolest thing. So I, I definitely miss like the intimacy of the indoor um, performances and the interaction that you got to have with them afterwards because you really did get to see how sort of off the cuff talented they really are. Um, but yeah, it is cool to have them, you know, somewhere that they can have a wider audience in the theater. Something about the attraction that I really appreciate is that it takes us on a journey through our country's history both visually and musically. And it kind of takes from all the areas of our country and showing the great diversity that we have, um, whether it's with um, Chief Joseph and you're getting the cedar flutes or you're getting with the kind of like honky-tonk feel as we're going through um, you know, that transition going into like the early world wars. It's beautiful, you know, when it's the scene in the bayou, you're getting the banjos from the deep south, and you really get this spectrum of the different um, flavors that our country has of, of music. It's really incredible, you know, going from coast to coast, how varied, how different um, our country is with music. And I think it's really cool that it takes you on that journey and just kind of watches as it progresses to that grand crescendo that is Golden Dream. I know we kind of talked about that. I just wanted to leave <laughs> cap on that no, before we moved on. I, I think also we, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the introduction of, of uh, I was going to say the introduction of soul, um, but the but the, the jazz exhibit, mm-hmm. uh, the soul of jazz exhibit that's been introduced into the pavilion, um, which I hope is just the beginning of something, something bigger um, because I mean, jazz, to, to, under, to, to study the history of jazz is to understand and study the history of this country. And um, it's, you know, it's got, it, it's got some, like some nasty, dark history uh, in terms of its origination story. And I don't mean in terms of it. It's just, you know, it, it emerged from some really, really, really ugly times, ugly periods for, for, uh, for our country. Um, and became something amazing and beautiful, and uh, and then even the way even the way it, it's evolved in the past century, um, and been uh, sort of reappropriated by different uh, cultures, and then and, and then sort of made its journey around the world. Now, um, I mean, it really it really is the music of this country, and I think it's fantastic that that we have this movie now, which I thought was a fantastic. It was a really good movie. Um, uh, Pixar movie Soul that reintroduces us or gives us a reason to discuss this uh, this music and I and I'm hoping that they introduce actual music um, because they have instrument they have the instruments there they have sheet music represented they have the history kind of throughout the sort of little boards sort of storyboards explaining the um, sort of brief moments in jazz uh, history in the United States but it we don't have the music itself yet at least we didn't the last time I was in there and it'd be really nice to get. To get some of that. Well, and one of the reasons why, and as we're recording this, you know, the Port Orleans resorts are, are still closed. Uh, hopefully, 
if you're hearing this in the future, that they are back open again. Because look, while you think that I would want Port Orleans to be reopened just for the beignets, there's also a part <laughs> of me that wants it to be reopened for the Scat Cat Club, which is one of the, it's a very, very small lounge, but normally has a jazz duo or jazz trio there, which is an, an overlooked, beautiful experience at Walt Disney World that, that uh, you know, I think Yeehaw Bob deservedly so gets a lot of attention when you mention Port Orleans but if you head on over to French Quarter and a Scat Cat Club at night um, especially on the weekends it's very cool and very hip and I dig so let us move on to as I have mentioned ad nauseum uh, I, I love the Japan Pavilion for oh so many reasons and the music is one of them both background music which I would not be able to identify or pronounce even if I did know the names but it's this beautiful music in my favorite place to just sit up in um, Katsura Grill by the water and just um, relax hearing that music in the background. And certainly, and I believe that that Matsuriso will come back. I love, this is where I was first introduced to the the idea of what taiko drumming is and, and not even realizing it has this, you know, 2000 year history of being ceremonial and festival and and used in in military um, and really gaining an appreciation of that type of music as well as the other music throughout and having been to Japan last year we actually one of the things and this is not meant to be a plug for ABD but one of the things that you get to do as part of the Japan ABD is you actually go to a shrine and you go for a taiko you go for a drum lesson Good Gandhi, that's exhausting. <laughs> you need to be. I have such respect for the men and women up there who are banging on these huge, this Odaiko. The Odaiko is is the large drum, and that's work, man. That's work, and it just comes together in such this this beautiful rhythmic um, sounds that, again, I couldn't necessarily identify or say that I have a favorite song, but I do have a taiko, multiple taiko drum uh, playlists on Spotify that if I'm sort of in that mood, I will pull up. Uh, Lisa, Jason, Zach? Yeah, so Lou, I think we have this in common, obviously. Um, I Our affinity for Japan. Um, I, I spent time living there in college and took the language and studied East Asian music and all that good stuff. So I'm deep in, <laughs> deep in, but I, yeah, I mean, it's, the, the taiko drums are incredible, and I certainly hope that Matsuriza is back. Um, sometimes so that's going to be a theme, I think, throughout this whole conversation is the loss of the performers and hoping that they're back. But obviously Matsuriza is, for me, it's like the one that, that I really hope is back sooner rather than later more than any other. Um, and then the music throughout the Japan Pavilion, if you were to pull, like if anyone listening were to pull these songs up on Spotify or somewhere else, I'm sure you would know them immediately, even if you can't name them or hum them. Um, but Rokudan is the is the, probably the main one that people would, would recognize. Um, it literally just means like six column song, which is like how it's composed. Um, but it's, it's sort of one of the mainstays, like if you've ever studied East Asian music or Japanese ancient music or music um, that you would know. Sakura, which means cherry blossom, um, is another. And then Kojo no Tsuki is the the third. So those three songs, I think, would be the ones that people would recognize most readily. And I think Rokudan is probably the one that, that most people would know. Like if you pulled that up on Spotify or somewhere else, you would certainly be transported to 
the balcony at Katsura Grill. That's so funny because I thought of the two songs for me are Heartland and Wooden Ship, which are obviously mm-hmm. translations. Um, but they're the ones that I that for, that I think of when I think about sitting up in the sure. the, the Lou the Lou Mangello Shrine area. Uh, sort of grill. Um, you know, sitting in this back area, it's nice and shady right by the waterfall. Oh, I love that spot, it's so nice. Um, but the as much as I rant about hearing, I get so irritated when I'm in a pavilion and I'm enjoying the music, and then I and then there's a performance happening somewhere, and then it drowns out the music of that pavilion, it just it bleeds over, and I get so irritated historically when. Uh, Matsuriza was was performing. I, I I didn't care where I, if I heard it from the UK or from I would I loved it. I loved it. It was the it was it was it was so ubiquitous. It was like hearing thunder in the summer, like to hear the drums playing anywhere on where anywhere on World Showcase Promenade. It was um, I don't know. It was centering immediately, and uh, it. it it's it's certainly missed. I think um, it's like part of part of the soul of that pavilion is is missing right now because of not having the drums playing. Um, I mean, I think like at least members of the group's performances there are dated back as early as like 1983, and then I think as a group they started playing around 1988. So very much a staple, um, and also just like a it's, it's women that are playing the taiko. I mean, it's, 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 and Lou, I mean, you tried, I've, I've played taiko as well. Um, not played like <laughs> in any talented capacity, but I've, I've tried it and it's, it's extremely hard. And the women who do the performances, um, they're incredible. They're incredible. I mean, it's, it takes so much strength to play. Um, they're yeah, and like very talk friendly about show, too. Like I would come running if I saw them going, and I also just love because it's such an authentic Japanese art, and like seeing people like gathered around and watching and appreciating it is always it, it was always so nice to see. I think similar to Mariachi Cobre, like the Taiko drummers are synonymous with World Showcase with the sound, with the heartbeat, and like Jason said, you could hear it from just pavilions away but it was so comforting it was the sound of of epcot you knew that you were home and again the strength required for them they're they're not using drumsticks they're using like tree branches i mean these are like some big honking sticks and it may seem simple from the just average passerby but when you really look at the choreography and the timing and the rhythm of it it's really impressive um and it's a discipline that these people do. I mean, in the same way that like, you know, sumo is this lifestyle. This is what they do. And it's it seems so simple, yet it's so beautifully complex. And I, I sorely miss it and eagerly await its return. Yeah, and the, uh, the folks from Matsuritsa are local. I actually heard them perform. Um, there was a few years ago, I went to a... Uh, a Japanese festival uh, out in Kissimmee, which was something that that took place and may still be hopefully taking place uh, every year. And they were performing there too. And just, and what I love too about the music in Japan is there is this beautiful contradiction between the heavy rhythmic taiko drummers of Matsuritsa. And then if you listen to the background, there's that very light, uh, very simple, the the koto is the, the string instrument, which 
is so simple and so beautiful. And there's something so incredibly peaceful about that too. So you've got that wonderful dichotomy of the types of music that you'll find in Japan. Let's let's move on to Morocco, where that concludes part one of our tour of the Music of World Showcase. Stay tuned next week for part two. And in the meantime, share your thoughts about your favorite music from the pavilions we've discussed so far in the WW Radio Clubhouse. That is our group on Facebook at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. And if you enjoy the segment, please invite a friend to listen, share a link on your favorite social platform. And again, be sure to tune in next week. It's time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details in which you see hear, taste, or remember. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online forum for a chance to win a Disney prize package. This week's trivia contest is brought to you by Sideshow Collectibles, where you can let your Disney sideshow with limited edition collectible figures, statues, art prints, jewelry, replicas, apparel, and lots more from the greatest purveyor of pop culture in the known universe. Expert artists, Sculptures, model makers, painters, and costumers have created and crafted the most intricately detailed likenesses of characters from the Star Wars, Marvel, Disney, and other film and show universes. They also have an incredible art gallery of fine art prints as well. I never partner with anyone that I don't use and like, and I have a number of items from Sideshow Collectibles, including these very cool Battlestar Galactica metal die-cast figures, which are just incredible. I also love giving gifts to other friends who love Disney and Marvel and Star Wars from Sideshow as well. You can check out everything that Sideshow has to offer by going to wdwradio.com slash sideshow. And if you want $15 off your first order, you can sign up for their free newsletter. Again, go to wdwradio.com slash sideshow. Now, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I asked you to tell me on what Walt Disney World attraction can or did you ride in an XP-37 ride vehicle? Thanks again to the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct, and knew, of course, that the answer was Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin, you ride in your XP-37 Star Cruiser. I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for a huge prize package that includes a copy of my brand new Disney Interviews book, my 102 Ways to Save Money for an At Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of Magic Kingdom's history, details, secrets, and stories, which, by the way, you can find all of those on sale in the WW Radio shop at www.radio.com. I'm also going to send the winner a WW Radio Cobalt Blue Mug and one of the brand new WW Radio acrylic pins not available anywhere else. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Ashley Becker. So, Ashley, congratulations. You used the online form, so I have your shipping address. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. I'm going to keep this week's question simple and straightforward as well. And this time I'm going to test to see how well you listen in the parks and attractions. Because tell me, where in Walt Disney World have you heard this phrase? 
If you like vegetables, fresh fruits, and flowers, give thanks to us. That's it. Just tell me where in Walt Disney World you can or could. It might be extinct. Where in Walt Disney World you can or could hear that line. You have until Sunday, March 28th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the online form there. And once again, this week you'll be playing for, oh, why not? We'll do it all again. The Disney Interviews book, the 102 Ways book, all seven of the audio tours, the mug, and the pin. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for spending and sharing your time with me again this week. I hope you enjoyed part one of our discussion about the music of World Showcase. Stay tuned next week for part two. And I'd love to hear from you and your favorite World Showcase music from the pavilions we talked about this week. You can be part of the conversation. More importantly, the community by joining the WW Radio Clubhouse. That is our free group over on Facebook at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. I'd also love to connect with you on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com, or call the voicemail, be heard on the air, talk about this week's podcast, ask a question, or just say hello from the parks at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WW1. And in addition to the podcast, please join me this and every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WW Radio Live. It's my live video broadcast and chat over on Facebook. Together, we'll not only talk about this week's show, but I'll share my top five live, my Disney Plus pick of the week, 20 questions, your calls, and more again every Wednesday, 7.30 at www.radiolive.com. And speaking of community and really family, I want to thank some of the new and longtime members of the WW Radio Nation family. I sincerely appreciate your help and support, and I love being able to give back to you each and every month. If you want to find out how you can help the show and get exclusive rewards, you can visit www.radionation.com. And I'd like to welcome and thank Timothy Remily, Terry Gaff, Tony Mendike, Nick Young, Patrick Knapp, and Kim Huang for being part of the Nation family And again, to find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar a month and get exclusive rewards, visit www.radionation.com. And because I am grateful for the opportunities and the life that you've been able to give to me through the show, I want to be able to help you in return individually or to your business, event, or school, whether it's through one-on-one coaching to help you turn what you love into what you do, being part of our weekly mastermind group, or speaking to your event, your school, or your business. You can find out more by visiting lumangelo.com. And I mentioned at the top of the show that I would be sharing information about our WW Radio Marvel Day at Sea Cruise coming up in 2020. Way to bury the lead, Lou Mangiello. But as you may or may not know, we originally had a WW Radio Marvel Day at Sea group cruise scheduled for this January 2021. Unfortunately, and obviously because of COVID, that did not happen. But as soon as we found out that Marvel Day at Sea Cruises were going to be returning in 2022, we immediately jumped on the opportunity And I am now excited to announce the WW Radio Marvel Day at Sea Cruise on the Disney Magic out of Miami, Florida, February 5th through the 10th, 2022. Now, in addition to everything that happens on the Disney Cruise Line and as part of Marvel Day at Sea, being part of the WW Group will allow you to enjoy exclusive meetups, pre-stay hotel specials, group dining, shore excursions, some special surprises, and lots more. 
by booking in the official group with mousefantravel.com. The dates are February 5th through the 10th, so we leave out of Miami, have two days at sea, visit Georgetown and Grand Cayman, as well as Disney's Castaway Key. And I will tell you, I did a Marvel Day at Sea cruise when they first launched, just for research purposes only, of course. And I will admit that it is by far my favorite of all the Disney cruises I have ever done. Whether you are a huge Marvel fan or just dipping your toe in the WandaVision Marvel Cinematic Universe waters, there are so many cool events that happen during Marvel Day at Sea, and then lots of surprises and special add-ons that we do as part of the WW Radio Group. Now, you must book within the group and through our exclusive travel partner, Mouse Fan Travel, in order to participate in our activities and events. To find out more, get a free no-obligation quote, you can visit wdwradio.com slash marvelcruise. And speaking of Mouse Fan Travel, they are my official and recommended travel provider. So whether you're looking to come on the cruise with us, come to Walt Disney World, go to Disney's Vero Beach Resort, or with Disneyland hopefully opening soon, go out and visit Disneyland or any destination on the planet. You can visit mousefantravel.com for the best possible prices, all available discounts, and it all comes at no cost to you. And you can visit them at mousefantravel.com. And of course, I want to say thank you again. None of this could happen without you. This show is by, for, with, and about you. And all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it by tweeting out that you're listening. Share a link to this or your favorite episode over on Facebook. Tag me if you do there or on Instagram. And if you can, take just 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on Apple Podcasts. Even if that's not where you listen, it's very, very helpful. I'd like to thank some recent reviewers like Walt Disney Art Lover, who says it's good, wholesome fun for all kinds of Disney fans. If you're looking for the Walt Disney World fix, you've come to the right place. Such a fun variety of shows that are informative and memorable. Lou treats you like one of his closest friends through every episode. You feel like you're there chatting about Disney with him. It's because you are, Art Lover. Joni708 says, awesome show. Lou never fails to give us an informative and entertaining podcast. Always enjoy the special guests. And QWERTY, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, says perfect in every way. I love all the creative topics you come up with, Lou. You're truly a great person. Thank you. And I wish you all the best of luck with the podcast and life in these crazy times. I'm a new listener and definitely won't quit listening. Bye for now. Quirty, yeah, 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 yeah. Joni, an art lover. Thank you again. Again, just search for WW Radio in Apple Podcasts or visit www.radio.com slash iTunes for a link and instructions on exactly how and where to leave your review. And finally, most importantly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love and appreciate you so very much. I hope that this show and this community that you have built have made your day and your life a little bit happier and maybe inspires you to be better. And it does help you to choose the good, which I think is more important now more than it ever has been for you to look for and find the good in everything that you do and then spread that to others. Be the good. Help be the positive change and give to others with no expectation of anything in return. Positivity is contagious and the ripple effect that it has is more powerful than you might imagine. So thank you, thank you, thank you once again for being my friend, for being part of the community and for listening and sharing this every week. I hope to see you again next week and Wednesday night on the live show. So until next time, I love you. I appreciate you. See ya. Hi, Lou and UDW Radio family. It is Elizabeth from Massachusetts. I'm realizing it's probably like two weeks since I've called. Um, Teaching's been crazy. Grad school's been crazy. Yeah, life's just been like at full speed. 
Um, but I've been listening and listening and listening to old episodes and the new ones. I think it's so funny. You just did, or I finished listening to the Kona Cafe review. And I don't know if anyone else has this, like, syndrome as a Disney fan, but, like, I'm realizing I know a lot about Kona Cafe. Um, I could tell someone on the street the type of food on their menu, some certain really good dishes, like tacos. And I could tell you where it is in the Polynesian. Um, but I'm realizing I've actually never eaten there, which is kind of ridiculous. But I don't know. Does anyone else do that? Where, like, you've talked about something so much or you know about something a lot. So then as a Disney fan, it's almost like you've experienced it, even though you haven't. Anyways, <laughs> um, great episode. I'm actually excited because my mom, my sister, and I, who my mom and I work in schools, um, and my sister is in college, so due to COVID, we've been pretty stuck in Massachusetts for now over a year, um, which is crazy to think, but we have officially booked a trip for June, and it's at the Polynesian. So I just thought it was weird that your episode had to do with us. I'm so excited. My sister and mom are so excited. And it just feels surreal, but it's so good to finally have something to look forward to. So great episode. Um, hope everyone's doing well. It is very early on um, March 3rd morning, and I hope everyone is, stays happy, stays positive, um, is kind, and stays magical. See you guys soon. Bye. Hey, Lewis. Matthew Graykin from Howell, New Jersey. And uh just listened to 625 and was thinking about Epcot. And who could narrate Spaceship Earth? On my drive home, I was thinking, Mark Hamill. Wouldn't he be awesome? He'd be a great narrator, narrating through. And when you get to the Roman scene, when they're burning Rome down, he'd be, no, it can't be true. No. Sorry, my horrible Mark Hamill impersonation. Um, but, so, yeah, that was just my thought. Spaceship Earth. Mark Hamill, why not? It'll be fantastic and keeps it within the family. So, hope everyone's doing well and uh, everyone's staying safe and uh, see you all in the box. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison from Flowertown, Pennsylvania. I haven't called in. I think it's been a couple weeks now. It's been a little bit of insanity here um, at my house. Business is booming and I've been so busy that it's been a couple weeks since I've been able to call in and say hello. I watched all of WandaVision, and I loved it. Can't wait for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Very, very excited about that. And now watching Cobra Kai. Hello. Takes me right back. And let's see what else. Watching some anime with my son. He's into anime, so I'm watching some series with him. The weather's getting nicer, which is lovely for all those dog walks. I'm not freezing anymore. I know you're in Point Pleasant. I hope everything's going well with your mother's estate. We did my aunt's estate in Monmouth Beach, which is not too far from Point Pleasant. And it is a daunting task, so take it day by day. Enjoy your pork roll. Enjoy the ocean. I miss Point Pleasant. Spent many, many a summer day there. So um, I don't have a whole lot to report other than I'm going in July 
am very, very excited to go back to Disney World. I will see you all. Well, I just saw you all in the box, but I'll see you next week. And I look forward to uh, catching up online. Take care. Have a safe trip home when you get home. And uh, everybody make someone smile. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Karen from New York City. Um, I've been listening to your podcast for many years now. Love them. I'm out for my morning walk, and I'm listening to your uh, solo dining, and I'm already ready for dinner. But um, I went on a solo trip a few years ago, and I wanted to mention an experience I had at um, the Beer Garden. I was seated with three young men. And I'm very comfortable just, you know, sitting and looking around, not necessarily making conversations. And these two young men were not speaking at all either. And then the waitress came and took our drink order. And uh, two of the guys got up and went to go get some food. <laughs> and the other guy said, um, here, he introduced himself. And I introduced myself, and he... He said, oh, he said, I thought that Mike, or I forget their name, Mike invited him. Oh, it seems just like him to invite somebody that nobody knows to dinner and then not introduce us. <laughs> when the other two guys came back, we were laughing, and apparently all three of them thought that one of them had invited me and uh, I was in the street. Anyway, we ended up having a and the other experience was a character meal at Garden Grill. Um, I'm not really a character person. Uh, and let your listeners know that if they're going to fall off, I'd be afraid of character dining, so to speak, because the, the characters really know how to set you at ease no matter what you do. You know, I would just like blow Mickey a kiss and he would wave and not come close, you know, because I uh, I was able to let them, let them know in practical ways, you know, anyway. and that's a great meal where, yes, if you want more of any one of those things, they'll bring it. Anyway, hope you're having a good day and uh, take care. If I had a world of my own, everything would be nonsense. Nothing would be what it is, because everything would be what it isn't. And contrarywise, what it is, it wouldn't be. And what it wouldn't be, it would. You see?